thank everyone for coming out this evening. So my name is Richard Jensen, and I welcome you to the Democracy Community. Uh, we are live tonight, I think that's what we're going to call this maybe, the North Dakota Democracy Community. Um, welcome live tonight to the uh, community room of the fabulous Fargo Library in downtown Fargo, North Dakota. Um, again, my name is Richard Jensen. Um, I'm going to ask all of you that are listening to the podcast um, to take a few minutes to go out and Google Unbreaking America, Jennifer Lawrence, and take 15 minutes to watch that. And, um, and then you'll be kind of right where we are. You'll be caught up to speed. And um, uh, it, it really, we're going to have just in a few moments a discussion around that. That's how we're going to start. Um, again, my name is Richard Jensen. I have no big titles after my name. Um, I don't really represent any one organization, but I am going ham on pro-democracy uh, and fixing our, uh, our, our rigged system here in the United States. Um, and with that, I've partnered with NDPI and other organizations um, throughout the, the election cycle to really bring about some pro-democracy reform. Um, so that, that's my purpose. The purpose of why we're here tonight was to view and discuss um, this national movement. Uh, we're going to celebrate the award, the, the Courage Award that NDPI received from um, at the UNRIC Summit in Nashville this last weekend. And um, that the citizen, the North Dakota citizenry has the audacity to bring forth democracy reform in our state. And how the movement is juxtaposed um, uh, to the, to the how, how that looks like from, from juxtaposed to the national movement. Um, how, we're ahead of the game. We're ahead of the game. We, we're out of the chute. Um, and hopefully to, um, NDPI will give us a legislative update um, about uh, the healthy enactment of Article 14, where we're at with that, and maybe what you can do for an action call as we're in the last weeks of the legislative session. And then also, hopefully, to inspire and identify ways that you can just cross that red line that, that um, we were just challenged to, to, make, to make a difference uh, and bring about democracy reforms. Um, so with that, um, I am just going to open some discussion about the movie uh, and and anyone have any initial reactions to the video? Uh, was there anything that surprised you? What stood out to you um, as a problem? What of these problems uh, have you seen in your own community? And when I say community, I mean your community, you know, the town you live in, the county you live in, the district you live in, and our state, right? Um, hopefully this gets out of our state um, and folks that just love North Dakota are listening. Um, so what, what um, and then if you raise your hand, I'll just come around and I'll hand you the mic and we want to hear your feedback. Your name, please. Hi, I'm Mary Tintus. Um, what I think is so great about that particular film is how it explains the, um, the problem, obviously, but also explains a way towards a solution. And um, I think it makes it a lot easier for those of us who maybe identify with one political side or the other to reach out towards the middle. And so I really encourage people to share that video if that's something that you can explain to everyone here, how they can have access to that. I think that would be a good idea. That's a wonderful point, Mary. Um, yeah, basically all you have to do is go search, just like we find it. Um, Unbreaking America with Jennifer Lawrence, and it will come up. And I would also suggest that you um, take time to look up Represent Us 
online and look for uh, the Unrig Summit and see all of the plenaries and the opening. And um, you know, the summit was really incredible. There was over 2,000 uh, leaders and activists from across the nation celebrating these. Uh, she said here, Jennifer said here, 85. There's actually 110 now. Uh, was 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 the report on so it, you know the movement is growing um, so yes share the video have those discussions um, you know one of the things I guess my takeaway from this and and just kind of looking big picture um, is that true reform isn't just plugging in another person from another party or um, you know the next person in line you know someone's been in in the house for a while now they have carte blanche to go to the Senate and, and that kind of thing, you know, it, 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 it really is about making a change at the root and, and the things that were mentioned there, the gerrymandering, um, the, 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 the time that legislators find, have to spend fundraising, and that pressure is put on them by leadership, right? right? Anything else stand out to folks? Name, please. Uh, name is Arthur. And uh, I guess my question was uh, going to be a bit too soon uh, for this conversation, but there's a lot of money in politics currently. And my question is, how are we going to, as the people, going to find a way to overturn the decision of the Supreme Court in the case of Citizens United? Well, that sounds like a question. Um, and I guess I don't know if I'm the most qualified person to ask that answer that question. Um, I think from 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 this old boy's perspective of just what I've seen and and, and what I've heard and, and what I've listened to and read, I think that Justice Kennedy, um, you know, tipped the scale there. But I think he also in his in his support made reference to the level of transparency. So I think he was really challenging us as Americans, maybe consciously, maybe unconsciously, maybe just by the very genome of his constitutional you know, law, but challenging us to, yeah, that we're, not, we're gonna tie money to voice and that influence, but we're relying on the people to be not a passive citizen. You know, we, we cannot be passive citizens. You know, and not every, and that, that for me is part of my purpose. You know, my mom is, is, is um, can't speak necessarily for herself and all of the reasoning and logic. She wants to vote. And I have other family members with disability that really don't fully understand. It's my responsibility to speak for them. It is. It is my responsibility to represent, you know, be there, my family representatives. So that's part of it for me, too. Um, something that stood out to me in this you know, if you were at the summit, she made perfectly clear she's not paid for this. This is her, when she says this is her passion, this is her passion. And, and you got that from the 2,000 individuals that were coming together, that there is a need for this, the need is more than recognized, and we cannot be complicit in this, because if we are complicit, nothing else will get fixed to the best interest of the people. And we already, I, we don't have to go into how that's evidenced, unless you want to talk about it you know, in, 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 in our own communities. Um, you know, one of the things during the campaign that was, I, I thought was incredible, and I'll just say this, um, in North Dakota, and I think um, the badass grandmas did a wonderful job of this in their fierce, um, fierce love 
um, to bring about this reform in our state um, because they are the framers of today, we are the framers of today, was the integrity that they themselves brought. You know, in the meetings, in the things that led up to, um, this was not a smear campaign. This was not about shaming people. You know, get your house in order. Um, and we'll talk about some action plans in a little bit. Um, right now, though, if no one has any other further, did, did we kind of answer that question, Arthur, a little bit? You gave the best answer you could have. Yeah, that I, that I can, certainly. Does anybody else have any? Um, I, I believe we're being called and we need to call each other. In, in Cornell West says that justice is what love looks like in public. That resonates with me fiercely, fiercely. Um, and, and in the essence of time, because we had some complications, and MWDAY was here, so that'll be interesting to see on the news tonight. Um, I don't think I've, I don't think since I was collecting money in my neighborhood for the Jerry Lewis telethon that I've ever was on WDAY. That was the last time, or maybe it was WDAZ. They had a, in my neighborhood. They had a little before they moved up in Grand Forks. So I went around with a can. Anyways, all right. So we, we need to. We need. I digress. Um, I would like to hear from NDPI, and I know that everyone in the listening audience would too. Um, I, I, I have a very special badass grandma here, um, and I would also like to uh, uh, just, part of this is celebrating the award that they received at the summit, the Courage Award, and I just thank them for their integrity and leadership and all of the sponsors that have been so graceful and lovely in bringing about this. Thank you, Richard. Um, if you go to unrigsummit.com, you will see, um, you can experience what we experienced last weekend remotely. And I strongly encourage you to do that. The speakers are incredible, including our very own Dina Butcher. Um, and thanks to Dina, the, these 2,000 people fell in love with the Badass Grandmas and with North Dakota. Um, and so a very prominent and knowledgeable person ran into us in the hallway. By the way, she got more hugs than Jennifer Lawrence did. Yeah. <laughs> um, a very knowledgeable person said, the badass grandmas are a movement. And I said, what? <laughs> Maybe if we work hard at it, we can become one. He said, no, you're already a movement. And I have, Denver, I have a call with him on Friday about how we're going to turn this into a movement um, of badass grandmas. Uh, they stopped, anyway, um, it was a real high. And on stage with Jennifer Lawrence herself actually presented this uh, lovely flame. Uh, it's, it's presented to North Dakotans for Public Integrity, and it's called the Courage Award. Um, and the more I think about it, the more honored I am that we were able to accept that award on behalf of the people of North Dakota. Because it's the people who voted for Measure 1, now Article 14. And I know for a fact that a lot of people used all their courage to do that. Because we had two-thirds of, two of the legislators now serving in Bismarck were elected in districts that had somewhere between 51 and 66% support for Measure 1. Woo! So, yes. 
that means it wasn't just Democrats and independents that did that. There were a number of Republicans as well who, uh, and they, they may not have been real comfortable doing that, but they saw it as the right thing to do because um, at, at any rate, I'm just really deeply grateful to the people of North Dakota and to uh, Richard and a number of other uh, strong volunteers who made Measure 1 happen. Uh, we now have two bills in the legislature, as most of you know, I think. There's been no action for about two weeks on those bills. We're expecting something to happen that will trigger a conference committee, members of the House and the Senate getting together to try to iron out the differences. It could even be that it goes so long that it gets to be a last minute situation that gets rolled into the Office of Management and Budget, the, the state budget bill, which is the last thing they do. Um, we are thrilled that the Senate um, passed Senate Bill 2148 um, unanimously. That bill is not what we were asking for, but it's much closer than I ever thought we'd get. And it does not violate Article 14 in any way. It provides half a million dollars for the Ethics Commission over two years. That's not enough, but it's a decent start. Um, so we're very grateful for that. House Bill 1521, which uh, is under in a committee led by your own Senator Casper, um, is, is really contrary to Article 14. It has various uh, violations of Article 14 in it, which strikes me as strange since they take an oath to support the Constitution. But, um, we don't know what's going to happen with that. We have offered amendments to 1521. So initially we were saying to asking people like you to encourage past 2148, defeat 1521. At the end of the day, uh, 1521 could be amended to the point where it's okay too. So, so our main message right now is don't violate the Constitution. <laughs> Don't get in the way of the Ethics Commission. Don't hamstring the Ethics Commission. And do provide at least that half million dollars in funding uh, for the Ethics Commission. You have all the time Okay. I brought uh, two handouts you can pick up at the back if you're interested. One is a copy of the amendment itself. And what I did was put the, the table of contents of the Constitution uh, at the top of it. And the reason is it didn't didn't really hit home to me that this is a real thing until I saw, you know, North Dakota used to have 13 articles in its constitution. Now it has 14. a whole amendment. And also uh, a graphic about the support for Measure 1 and the legislators who were elected in pro-Measure 1 districts. We have the names of all of them. So you may have uh, legislators, well, for example, Senator, Representative Casper comes from a very strong Measure One, uh, pro Measure One district. So, um, anything? You might be saying, I mean, you might be saying thank you for your service. Well, you never know. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> what we do ask is, uh, it, during this next few weeks, uh, we're really hopeful that people will keep the pressure on. We'll continue to call their legislators, uh, write their legislators, and say. Uh, support Article 14.
Article 14 does three things, several of which were in that uh, video. Um, and, and by the way, although we called it the anti-corruption amendment, it is not at all identical to what Represent Us recommends. It, it has similar purposes, but um, it, it deals with transparency in campaign spending, it deals with conflict of interest uh, and lobbying, and it deals with the Ethics Commission. Um, but it was written completely by people in North Dakota, some very, very knowledgeable people. with had five pro bono lawyers working on it. Um, and uh, so it is, it's a North Dakota product, but these, these people, this whole pro-democracy community was extremely supportive in uh, giving advice and, and uh, people from all over the country donated to this initiative because there's a pro-democracy movement in this country. It's just really thrilling to see. Uh, any, anything, any questions? Do you have any questions for Ellen? Yes. Where is the house bill right now? The house, the house bill right thank, now. Oh, thank you. And then I'll say something about Citizens United also. The house bill, is, so it's after crossover. So the house bill is in the Senate. Senate bill is in the House. Both of them have their own special committee. They created uh, committees for the ethics uh, bills. So David Hogue from Minot chairs the Senate committee, and Jim Casper from Fargo chairs the House committee. Yes? What was the vote in the House? Mm, I don't Have there know. been a vote in the House yet? The House passed 1521, right. I'm assuming that's what you're talking right. about. Right. Right. And I don't know. Seven against, so it was dom predominant. They, well, here's one thing. 1521 is co-sponsored by the two majority leaders. Makes it extremely difficult for any Republican to vote against 1521. Something needs to happen in committee that, that makes it okay. Yes, and, <laughs> and that that may very so. Therefore, the ultimate bill may very well be 1521, even if it's a mirror of the Senate bill. The Senate bill was sponsored by Senator Tim Mather solely. No Republicans would co-sponsor. So, uh, so the tendency will be, and that's fine, to pass 1521. Just please amend it. Amend it so that. As far as Citizens United goes, my sense is uh, similar to what Jennifer Lawrence said on here. Step by step, step by step, we do what we need to do in order to uh, fix everything that needs fixing and ultimately our, our country, I think, will get to that. But uh, Section 1 of Article 14 directly addresses Citizens United. As Richard was saying, although Citizens United makes corporations people and allows them to give as much as they want. That's another podcast. Yes. <laughs> it also comes down very strongly on transparency. That's the Justice Kennedy saying, okay, they can do this, but we're, that's where the people need to step up, as Richard was saying. And the people of North Dakota did step up when they voted yes on Measure 1. That is the strongest campaign finance disclosure law in the country. The implementation is going to tell the story, though. Are we going to be able to keep that strength 
in the laws that it's going to take to implement the details of it. Um, so thanks for the question. Any? Thank you. Any other questions for Ellen? Thank you, Ellen, very much for traveling out. Um, <clears throat> so just to kind of talk about that and, and, and look at that a little bit more um, and how, I couldn't say it earlier, but how North Dakota, uh, how we are juxtaposed, I think that was better, to the national movement, all right? And as Alan said, you know, we, 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 North Dakota, the people voted for a very comprehensive bill and it, it, it was respectful to the legislature, and we're asking the legislature to be respectful to it. It puts a strengthening in our, in our frame, in our founding, the founder's framework. I always hear that, right, the founder's framework. Well, you know, I don't think that they could have possibly imagined that things have kind of gone the way they have in some respects, so we are the framers of today. We are the ones who meticulously straighten and, and, and put in plates and that kind of thing where we need to do that. Um, any other feedback about the, or no, so now let's talk about an action plan. So what does that look like? Crossing that red line um, there. And there's all kinds of things that can be done. And represent Fargo, represent North Dakota and NDPI, I think that you know some of those decisions haven't kind of been made uh, go forward, uh, you know, because we're still in the thick of the legislative uh, session. But some of the things that I would like to look forward to uh, is, you know, um, we did this in North Dakota even before HR1 came online. Is anyone familiar with HR1? The For the People's Bill Act, the For the People's Act. So what that does, um, in the words of Ronaldo Pearson, <laughs> basically begins to, um, who is a, is a, a, a social engineer dismantling systems of oppression, um, I just at the summit, I, I can't even tell you. Just watch it. Unrigsummit.com. Go live it. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, but the first thing that you can do is host a viewing. You know, with your church, with your Rotary Club, with with the the the, the um, uh, you know all of the, the uh, League of Women Voters. Um, with your friends, just at the coffee table, you know, or on your phones, you know, sitting for coffee or that kind of thing. Host a, um, a, a showing or, you know, to do a showing together and have some discussion. That's the first thing that we can do is get the word out. Um, support and look to the, the, the Senate, to the U.S. Senate, to um, absolutely move forward with H.R. 1. Mitch McConnell's not bringing it to the floor. And then, of course, we, we need to be putting pressure right now on our uh, legislators here in North Dakota to finish out this legis legislative session with Article 14 in good measure. So looking ahead, what are some things that we might be able to do? Um, some recommendations. Did anybody have any recommendations? What, what are you doing? What are we doing out there in the communities to educate people? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, my name is Riley. Riley Hedegaard. Um, I'm the communications director for NDPI. Um, I also do a lot of you know, field organizing work for them. Um, this letter is an absolutely great place to start. Did everyone get a chance to sign it that wanted to? Okay, great. Now, um, how many of you have called your representative um, on the issue of Article 14? Great. I remember talking to you on the phone. Yeah. Um, that is one of the most effective things that you can do here. Um, I know it seems like they don't listen to you, 
But um, if one representative gets uh, you know 20 calls on the same bill, they're gonna think twice because um, you know these people want to get reelected. Um, Jim Casper, particularly in District 46. Does anyone live in District 46 here? That's uh, Southern Fargo. Yeah, um, he is the chair of the House Ethics Committee. Um, in District 46, uh, Measure 1 passed by 62%. Um, he only got elected by um, like 1.5% margin. So this is substantially more popular than he is. And so the battle just falls to showing them that we are paying attention, showing them that this is an issue that we are engaged on and um, something that we still care about. Uh, measure one passed, but the battle is not over. Um, so you know, call them uh, if you know you got phone anxiety. Um, give them an email. We um, we can't, couldn't make it easier on you, honestly. Um, if you email me, I will send you a letter template that you can just copy and paste right into the email. Um, other than that, um, letters to the editor are a fantastic way to uh, make your voice heard on this topic. Um, I will also um, give you talking points to write one of those, um, give you guidance, really anything. Um, we have a handout in the back there that just basically, it's a rundown of our current situation, um, what might happen next, and what you can do to help. Um, in addition to that, it's got my contact info. Um, I would encourage you to grab one of those, um, drop me a line, and see how you can get more involved. Thank you. Thank you, Riley. <clears throat> So um, I just want to kind of start wrapping up here um, to, to finish out. Some of the other ways that I, I anticipate or envision uh, represent Fargo and as myself as, a, as a, an activist and a kind of grassroots organizer is I'm hoping to put together some folks who are willing to do a couple of things. One, um, let's, and, and, and when I say folks, I'm talking intergenerational and hoping uh, for young people to be involved, high school students and doing those reach outs. Um, putting together, you know, a group of, of folks who want to maybe develop a grading system for our, our elected officials. And, um, you know, it, it, right away my thinking is, is if your values do not match those of SB 2148 for Article 14, you know, you're probably going to get a, a, a B or a C, C right away. Um, you know, and, and put together with that the other things, if you're getting a, a, a C, um, you know, maybe the people will look for, you know, a time to let you kind of figure things out. But, you know, if you're at that D or F, it's pretty much time to say, you know, um, thank you for your service. And um, as the system begins to, as, as Ellen was saying, those slow increments, will, this behavior will change. Um, it, it's about changing in, uh, you know, negative behavior. Um, another, another way is to follow the money. Um, you know, right before the election in 2020 isn't the time to be examining campaign uh, contributions. Now is the time to use the tools. So if you have interest in data and kind of digging into that, let me know. There are a lot of great tools that I can bring back from the summit of how we can look under a microscope at where the money for our elected officials has been coming in from. And if there's any veiled money, that will disclose itself you know, one of the things I found really interesting when I was at, I, I got the opportunity to go to Bismarck for the first time and testify, and it was this, it was, it was um, MMIW legislation that we were putting forth and testifying. I went up with some of my indigenous sisters, it was incredible. 
Uh, thank you for coming today. Uh, and and um, I also testified on SB 2148. And the, the, the biggest thing to me is this is an abuse prevention plan, right? This, that, that's what this is, um, you know? But there was so much from like North Dakotans for Sound Government and the Catholic Conference about the true source of funds and, and you know, the, 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 the dollar amounts and, 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 and the timelines for retribution as it falls into place. You know, and I, I just kept thinking to myself, you know, wow, money is truly a spiritual thing. But you know, it's only really bad when the fear and the secrecy around money um, get in the way, right? That, that, that's, and the shame. Um, that, that's when it becomes a problem. But so looking at that honestly, you know, looking and digging into what, what, our, what our structures look like for campaign finance, and, and what's going on there, so that when it comes to the election, we're ready, all right, and motivating. Does anybody have any other ideas or, or that kind of anything? I, I encourage you to get out, talk about the video, spread it around. Um, Ellen, do you have anything else? I'd be curious to hear what brings some of the folks here tonight. That would be great, and where are you kind of, where are you from in the city? I know that um, this, yeah, you raise your hand first, go ahead. Hi, I'm Tracy Ann Wilkie, and um, why I'm here tonight is I'm looking for ways to inspire the native vote and get ready for the next election in 2020. So if anybody has any suggestions on how I can get out there and do that, I appreciate it. And your name? Tracy L. Wilkie. Right. And one is not to suppress the vote, right? That might be a good place to start. Sure, they were not suppressing the vote. Yes, ma'am. I'm Jane Williams. I, I think I'm from 46, but it's been, they've switched around districts a little bit lately, I think, so I'm not positive. But anyway, I'm here because my 30 um, year old son sent me a link to the video and said, if you're going to do anything, this is what you need to do. So that's why I'm here. Thank you. Did you catch that? <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, are you a grandma? Oh boy, am I. Absolutely. I'm Larry Miller from Valley City. Welcome. And I just happened to be in town. I saw the ad in the forum last week, or I guess it was. Anyway, I thought I'd stop over. And uh, it seems like we have a good coalition here, maybe uh, we're around the center, with which we don't want to deviate too much from. And uh, so I think that's a good point to consider, and that would probably include the Constitution, you know, and I think uh, that's something in our national government especially has been forgotten about. And uh, I think we need to uh, uh, inspire our congressmen on that point. I think technically ours are pretty good, but uh, you get east of the Mississippi River and are maybe almost on the Mississippi and it gets pretty clouded, I guess. And uh, then uh, I, I saw the term anti-corruption up there. Of course, that's always the idea of who will decide what corruption is. And uh, 
if we say quotes to the center, I think we can explain it probably. But mostly, what we've heard is something way off on the left, and uh, that's where we don't want to be. Venezuela being a good example of it. And uh, in Measure 1, there always has to be uh, some, uh, you know, uh, judgment as to what is a good thing to do. But we need a uh, group in Measure 1 of judges or whatever, and then who will select these judges and what rules have they got? You know, they might just step in and uh, go left. Who knows? So uh, those are some things I was thinking about, I guess. Thank you. Thank you, Larry, very much. Thank you, Larry, very much. You said you're from Valley City? Yes. Right. Um, I think one of the, would you like to respond to that from the Ethics Commission piece, Ellen? Um, that, that about the rules and not paying? Mainly what I was thinking as I listened to you was um, one of the great joys of being involved with this is it is completely nonpartisan and it's, it's values-based. We want honesty, we want integrity, we want disclosure, we want transparency. And uh, it turns out that there are people who actually specialize in those kinds of things. Some of them are legal scholars or philosophers or uh, that kind of thing. So the Ethics Commission will do a lot of what you're talking about and the, the appointment process for them is very uh, bipartisan, I guess I'd say. Uh, and, and I'd like to encourage any of you who might be interested in serving on the Ethics Commission or if you know someone you highly respect that you um, really believe has good judgment, uh, go ahead and encourage them to do that. Governor's website is an opportunity. Thank you. Does anybody else? I know this uh, measure was yeah, really addressed very positively. And some of the stories and things that have happened in the past were not brought up. But I'm wondering if you wrote a letter to the editor, could you put in some of the things that were not ethical that some of our legislators did in the past? Want to respond to that? I was, I'm David Schwalbe, I'm Ellen's husband, and when we started this thing three and a half years ago, I was the researcher. We knew that we were going to have to give the people a reason why we needed measure one. But when the four people that started this, Ellen and myself and two others, we agreed to take the high road. I've got 50 folders things that were unethical activity that went on in our state. We are not, we, we decided we were not out to get anybody kicked out of office. We weren't out to get anybody elected. We were going to just focus on Measure 1. And we stuck to that. Even though some of the hearings up at the Capitol, they got to the point where they were denying any responsibility for anything that was wrong, and we don't need this. And we still sat on those 50 folders. And I think it was the right move, because we didn't want to embarrass anybody. And uh, 
like I say, we had agreed to take the high road and we stuck to it. Thank you, David. And that and, and that that was very that was very I, I can say from having come on board um, to, to I, I had decided that I wasn't gonna back a party necessarily this the cycle. I'm I kind of lost politically in that way. I'm found. <laughs> Again, I said, you know, my I'm going ham on on pro-democracy reform. That, that's all there is to it. And I don't mean that ham out there in the bucket. What's his name? Harold Ham. That's not the kind of ham I'm talking about. I'm talking hard as a well. Anyways, Google it. <laughs> Google it. Um, so I, I think that my response to that is thank you for giving that example to myself and the young people, um, the next generation. But now, though, as I said, get your house in order. You know, and 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 if your values don't align with this as a legislator. I can't wrap my head around that. I cannot. Therefore, I will work to say thank you for your service. Uh, anyone else? I, yep, I got to see a hand. The lighting's a little odd for me. Thank you. I just I have sort of a question. I don't know if anyone has an answer for it, but maybe those who are closer to the legislature might. Um, it was mentioned earlier that even though our legislators know that the majority of people supported this, yet they, the legislators, may side or may huddle with their party and vote strictly party lines against something. And it just seems to me there's an incredible lack of courage there. And I'm wondering, just what exactly are they afraid of? Um, if you can't stand up for your values and represent your district, what what is the boogeyman that they're afraid of? I, I don't get it. I mean, does anybody know? Is there is there something terrible that's going to happen? I, I I don't know what that is, and that's what I what I I think what I come from is speaking to those values. Um, one of the things that. You know, I really woke up to during the election cycle, and I saw this from our own representatives, was this coordinated, <clears throat> coordinated media campaign efforts to misrepresent and mislead the people um, <clears throat> in what, this, what Measure 1 actually did, right? And that was very frustrating for me, so I relate to that. I, I, honestly, I do. I do. <clears throat> and also some of the things that I th think we've seen in the legislative session have made some of you who have battled for decades or, or, or just been putting forth like the, the um, EAR, um, you know, seeing that is really disheartening, right? I think that's why they call it unringing the system. Um, it, it's hard to realize for most of us the extent to which the people we elect are stepping into a culture they're stepping into a system of how things work. And if they, and they want to be powerful, they want to be effective, and the way to do that is to develop a leadership position, to, you know, it's not just, um, what do I want to say? The leaders control who gets to be chairman, who gets to be, who gets to go on trips, all those kinds of things. And uh, so, the system is rigged in favor of the system. 
instead of in favor of the electorate. And that's how we need, so we need to just basically unrig that and, and for sure make votes count as much as dollars. It's all about um, decreasing the impact of money and increasing the impact of the voter. Well stated, Ellen. <clears throat> Thank you, very well stated. Um, anybody else have? I will address your uh, question a little bit, maybe. And uh, I was thinking about something else, and I forgot the, the specific question you posed there. Why do we deviate? Okay. Uh, I think just uh, following the Constitution, you know, is a good uh, way to decide on what uh, measures or whatever we should vote on. Right now, we have an unconstitutional thing with all the aliens coming in. Like yesterday, it was 4,000, I think. I'm gonna keep us focused, Larry. I, I don't mean to be rude, but we wanna, we wanna stay really focused on measure uh, Article 14 um, and, and um, the, 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 the way the system is rigged against the voters. Um, no disrespect, but, but that's, that's an example of those things are not going to get fixed. Health care, um, uh, uh, you know, reforms in border uh, and, immigra and immigration, um, health care reforms. These things are not going to get fixed and move forward in healthy ways unless the, the political cycle is working for the people, right? Uh, it, it really needs to be working for the people. Um, not for special interests. You know, one of the most frustrating things for me is, is that people decide to run for office, not necessarily, you know, it looks good on their resume, and that's fine, but they do this as a career move and a trajectory, I believe, um, or if they do not anticipate that going in, as Ellen said, it's a culture, right? It create, there, there's a culture there, and that culture then, you know, puts them, you know, moving to, to fast-tracking to, you know, their, their net worth is maybe $50,000 when they go into office and then all of a sudden they're coming out of office and their net worth is half a million dollars. You know, how does that work? That, 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 there's something wrong there. Um, and how did we kind of fix that in North Dakota? Uh, we're capping two years. You cannot be a lobbyist for, or I hope it, I would interpret that be either a consultant <laughs> for two years after you leave office. And that's one of the big things, is making it pretty much just illegal. If you serve in public service after that, you, you do not serve as a lobbyist. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, my name is Merle. I just uh, have a, you know, the Church United is a, is a Supreme Court decision for the nation, right? So you started with uh, lobbying, uh, you know, restriction for two years. What else is uh, our North Dakota Major going to do? Well, it does establish the Ethics Commission, just to be clear. Um, it, it also, um, and I'm going to let Ellen speak to that the clearest. Okay, for, for the details, feel free to pick up a copy of Article, uh, Article 14 in the back there. Uh, it's mainly in Section 2, which is on lobbyists and conflicts of interest. One of the things that's dearest and dearest to my heart is we now have elected officials, statewide elected officials, serving 
on regulatory boards and they are able to make regulatory decisions about corporations they've taken campaign donations from. This would prohibit that. Um, also, it prohibits gifts, period. The Ethics Commission may create um, exceptions that do not violate ethical considerations and we hope and trust they will because we don't want to get between citizens and legislators, we just want to get between special interests and legislators. So, uh, so there's the no gifts policy. There's, uh, as Richard was saying, uh, many times people in statewide uh, office especially create, get to know people and regulations and ways around regulations that become, that become quite valuable to the corporations that they've been working with. So they leave, in fact, this actually happened when we went to speak to some people in the state offices to seek their support. We said, well, you know, there'd be this two-year waiting period. You won't be able to go from being insurance commissioner to being a lobbyist for an insurance company, for example. Uh, and, and actually, the result was stunned shock, as if there had just been an appointment along those lines of somebody who was planning to use it as a career ladder. Um, and so those are, those are the main ones that focus directly on your concern. So the bill that the people are really looking for um, that is, is good health is um, SB 2148. Please call your legislature. We're going to wrap up here. Um, I thank everyone for coming. It, it has been a sheer joy. Um, we we want to be respectful of people's time. Again, I apologize for the technical difficulties we had in the beginning. Um, uh, again, <clears throat> I'm encouraging everyone to get involved. Um, and and uh, do what you can where you can and look for if you signed up back there for meetings go ahead uh, signed up for um, meetings and notices that's great please do that if you'd like to sign our represent a North Dakota banner I'm sure we'll be using our banner that banner was used uh, for uh, during the campaign for a march uh, to Veterans Bridge and um, I was my first march I ever got to lead and it was kind of an exciting deal um, I would like to, as we close, uh, say thank you to um, the fabulous and dedicated staff of the Fargo Library. Represent Fargo, uh, follow them on Facebook. Represent North Dakota, follow on Facebook. North Dakota's for public integrity are badass grandmas, which a synonym for that is fierce love. Um, uh, and the Chamber Six Media for helping us put together the podcast, and then People's United Church of Christ um, for, for helping bring this all together. You have a great day, and I thank you for attending.